Yo, this is Captain Cook. Listen up. Mr. White and I have a new website. He was like, we could increase our website uptime way past 99.1% by joining Media Temple and some other science shit. I said, look, you may know a lot about chemistry, man, but you don't know jack about building websites. The guy is like 60 or something. But get this, he was right. No chili pee, just WordPress. The site looks dope now, and I got more cash than an ATM, yo. You should seriously up your game with Media Temple's WordPress hosting. Check out ballmove.com forward slash Media Temple and sign up. What are you waiting for, bitch? Step check. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we're talking today about Season 2, Episode 1, titled 737. Yeah, we are. Why is this titled 737, Aaron? Uh, so many reasons. One uh, big reason, that's how much cash Walt needs. He needs to clear. It's, eight, it's 11 weeks. Yeah. That's doable. Yeah, that seems like nothing. It's doable. You know, that's a couple couple few months. Sure. Not a big deal. Nah. Uh, what do you have to tell us about this episode? Do, before... that, do that in our sleep, we could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is um, the first episode that Brian Cranston, the man himself, directed of Breaking Bad. Oh, wow. Okay. He did three episodes total. Um, and this is also the first episode that Kelly Dixon, ace, uh, not cinematographer, editor... Uh, she started doing a, an official podcast that you can get on iTunes. Uh, I think there's a URL that has a link to the MP3s of all of them. Yeah, it's called Breaking Bad Insider if you want to go Bad Insider. search for it. And it's just a really cool behind-the-scenes. Uh, the technical quality is not that great. It kind of, <laughs> much like our podcasts, have improved as mm-hmm. you go through in seasons. I mean, and it, but it's cool. I mean, you get Vince Gilligan, you usually get the director, you get a couple of stars in the room with Kelly, and they just really talk, you know, hardcore Breaking Bad. And they, there's a lot of fluff because they have a lot of fun working together. and A lot of people they need to thank. A lot of people they need to thank. It gets, profusely. A, cat, gets a little bit Emmy acceptance speech in there a little bit. But uh-huh. uh, it's, it's definitely something you need to check into. Uh, one of the de- details I gleaned is I guess Vince was nervous about letting an actor direct it, uh, but he said that Cranston was one of the most prepared directors he'd ever worked with. And in fact, at the time, Cranston had as many, if not more, director credits than the Villigan himself. Oh, wow. Okay. So I thought that was, it's like, uh, yeah, gee whiz, you don't trust Vince. me, asshole. <laughs> yeah, he had uh, directed seven episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. Huh. Which was his old, uh, you know, sh- series. Yep. He'd uh, direct an episode of The Big Day, uh, Special Unit, uh, The Office, and he's gone on to direct two episodes of Modern Family. He directed some of The Office. Yeah. 
Yeah, shocking, huh? Weird. Now, okay. he, here's where things get weird. Uh, this was written by a man named Jay Roberts. Okay. He began his television writing career in 2008 as a staff writer for Breaking Bad. He wrote two episodes uh, of Breaking Bad, 737 and Peekaboo, which, you know, no spoilers, but everybody knows Peekaboo. Yep. Everybody loves Peekaboo. And then he has never been heard from again. <laughs> he has n- not written. He has okay. not a single screen credit. He has vanished from the face of the earth. In fact, there's been some uh, Reddit investigations to try to figure out what the hell happened. Uh, as best as I can tell, there was some kind of personal conflict um, between the the writing staff and maybe Vince in particular and him, and he got booted. Uh, because they and now he's never worked in Hollywood again. <laughs> well, so they they named the detective Roberts after him, and they mentioned this in one of the insider casts, like in season four. And they're like, "Why didn't you just go ahead and name him Jay?" And he's like, "Because he would have sued us into oblivion." And they all kind of made jokes about him being litigious. So that's the only evidence we have, huh. and he's uh not not worked since. So wow, Jay Roberts, if you're out there, Some send us an email. Shit. Send us an email. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to know all about that. <laughs> I would like to know the 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 uh, story, but yeah, he um, uh, he just got nominated for a Writers Guild Award for Peekaboo. Um, huh. so like you know, easy come, easy go, I guess. Apparently, uh, Michael Slovis also began uh, his right. tenure on the show. Now, some people said that they could see an immediate difference in lighting. I'm not mm. that much of a uh, film geek. Uh, maybe the Natterborn uh, could help us out with that. Maybe Shane Bowman can help us out with that because he's along for the ride again. Uh, Shane, the Bowman, Bowman has uh, decided that he's going to do another companion series to our rewatch I podcast. I still don't like the nickname that's just your last name. <laughs> I still don't like Especially it. Especially but... it only makes sense if you watched a particular season of Walking Dead. This uh-huh. is a Breaking Bad podcast. But yep. that's the kind of walls we like to break down here on Bald Moon. Sure, yeah. Uh, but you can find him on Heisen, Heisenberg Chronicles on Tumblr. I, as always, will link to uh, his his recap of our recap. Um, and he digs, digs a lot of behind-the-scenes information, and he takes things just a little bit further. Uh, also, Cerebral.com uh, was all, I have a lot of these uh, Breaking Bad, uh, I think they're called Revelations. Uh, but I'll be linking those, too, because they do a really good job of, of explaining the symbolism and everything behind Mind Breaking Bad. And we touch on a lot of it, but there's just so much. Oh, yeah. So much. Okay, are we ready to get into the episode? I think we're ready to get into the episode. And we've got... Actually, we're ready to get into last year's season finale. And I also want to say, (laughs) for people that are just joining us, um, that we've obviously seen the whole series, but if this is the first time through, we try to avoid all spoilers. We try to recap this as if we have no knowledge of of what comes next. We do have a spoiler section for all you veterans. So after we do the whole recap and the all the feedback, we'll play our show music after the show is technically ended. Uh, and you sat through 30 seconds of get the hell out of here music. We will then start <laughs> the spoiler section where mm-hmm. we'll talk about things that happen that are relevant later on in seasons and foreshadowing and all the strip mining of the past and all that stuff. But if you're a newbie, feel free uh, to listen to this episode because we're not going to spoil anything. Sounds good. Let's uh, get into the episode. We start with an interesting shot. It's it's black and white. There's a bunch of shots of the White House backyard. Uh, there the White sirens. House, eh? 
the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. That's what we've got to call I it. I haven't made that. I have not made that joke yet. <laughs> You've I just, been holding back it, for well, you know, the entire season. I don't think I even realized the pun until we were on the Breaking Bad Fest tour. How RV is that tour, possible? <laughs> and we're talking about going to the White House, going to the White House. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, shit, yeah, the White House. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hopefully anyway, there'll be snipers on the lawn. So there are sirens in the background, and we see an eye floating in the pool. Like, some really weird shit is happening up front in this episode. Uh, it gets sucked into the filter, and then we see this burnt teddy bear floating to the top of the pool. Yes, and this No was, idea what's going on here, right? My background of Breaking Bad, this is the first season I watched live. Okay. And I remember seeing this black and white and like, what the hell is going on? And the eyeball realistic enough that i thought maybe it was a real eyeball yeah but then you're you look but, at it and you're like how, how can that be yeah and then this the teddy bear and it's like super menacing but also it's like it's burnt and like you're just like what the <laughs> fuck yeah this is a what this the is the moment. cold open to the next season what in the hell <laughs> uh sure the other thing to keep in mind as you're watching this through the first time this is the first and only season according to vince gilligan that he and the writers planned out at a very low level of detail or very high level of detail um, to be like, you know, from episode one to episode 13, it was fully plotted out, very tightly plotted out. Yeah. Um, every other episode, they've kind of like gotten in production and like, you know, made things up as they go along and, you know, kind of uh, tie things together. But yeah, this is the like first one. Like they usually do in TV shows. This is the first one where they came in and they're like, this is our plan and this is how we're going to execute it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, you know, we can look back at the end of the season and see what we thought about that. Um, anyway, so then we go to we go back to last season's finale in the junkyard, and we see a good five minutes of stuff we've already seen. Sure. Uh, it's Tuco beating his guy half to death and giving Walt and Jesse the money and then taking off. Um, I'm, I guess I see why they did it, because Breaking Bad at this point is not the super popular hit that it became. Right. Uh, I see why they went back and they said, okay, we need to give people a little bit of the moment that they were in at the end of last season to get them back into the show. But I don't know that I really liked it, you know, second time through. Yeah, it did feel to me a little self-conscious. Like, Breaking Bad usually has more swagger yeah. and more self-confidence. And you're right, there was very few people watching this in the yeah. in the low low millions. Um, in fact, it might even been below million. I'll look that up while we're talking about it, but <laughs> yeah, it was super low. I I do love the music in this scene, though. I think uh, Dave Porter did a hell of a job on this soundtrack throughout um, when he's scoring stuff, and it's just it it's very atmospheric. It it really pulls you into the moment and makes you feel the tension that J- Walt and Jesse are feeling in this scene, uh, having just witnessed Tuco beating his own man half to death. Did you think? Is none of this information or scenes new? Because I thought that there might have been slightly longer takes of of Walt and Jesse's reaction shots. It was it was not clear to me Maybe. whether and, and they might have been the same shots they just held to take longer or didn't or, or edited in such a way that they yeah. didn't trim the fat as much. I'm not totally sure. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's a side by side comparison out there somewhere because Breaking Bad fans like to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I know that it does cut out before they even get back in the car at the end of last season, right? Like, yeah. Tuco drives off, and that's basically it. Sure, Just sure. leaves them standing there. Um, so, you know, then they get in the car, and Walt does some quick math to calculate 
like how much more money he's going to need, um, how much more meth they'll need to sell before he can make the money he needs to provide for his family. Uh, and I, I noticed in this scene, Jesse is way more disturbed by this than Walt. Jesse is speechless. And the first thing Walt does is go back and start counting money. Yep. Uh, Adjusting I, I feel for like, inflation and calculating. Yeah, he's, he's doing math in his head about how he's going to put his daughter through college post-death. Uh, sure. It was... It was interesting to see Jesse's very instant reaction to this and Walt's kind of delayed reaction. So a lot of people, it's interesting because when I was reading and doing some research, a lot of people were talking like, you know, this just goes to show uh, Jesse's stronger moral character. I wonder, hmm. I think maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm a big Jesse fan myself. I'm yeah. uh, on Team Pinkman. Uh, but I also want to think that part of this is Walt's temperance. He knows he's not going to have to do whatever he has to go through. He's going to be gone, and this is something that's going to be for his family, you know, for for years to come. Whereas Jesse has to live with this, hopefully for a much yeah. longer t- period of time. So I wonder if it's not just so much that he's got the moral backbone, because Jesse, the other thing that I thought was interesting watching these again, because, you know, as I said, my... My memory of Breaking Bad doesn't really get sharp until like season four when we start podcasting it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely sharper in season three, but there's a lot of things I'm sure I'll be surprised in season two. One of them I continue to be surprised is how prone to violent solutions Jesse is from the get. Hmm. Like he goes out and buys the gun. He's, he's... always saying it's, it's them or us. Uh, it and, and it seems like he's the one the first and and Walt's trying to like no slow down think we have to we have to think of some some other solution there's got to be some other way. Sure, that's the part I love about Walt's character is you know he is trying to think about this as as a science teacher would. Sure, he's trying to break down the components and say okay what do we actually need to get this thing done? Uh, and it's it's a lot more thought out and rational than Jesse is just kind of, I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to see what happens. Right on. Uh, and, and it's, uh, it's really the, the kind of the clash of character here that makes this duo interesting. Right. I mean, from the jump, it, it becomes less and less apparent, I think over time, but, uh, I, I, that's the part that I really enjoy watching these two very different people try to accomplish a similar goal. Sure. Uh, makes for good TV. Uh, anyway, so he counts out, yeah, I need $737,000 in order to put Haley through uh, college or his daughter through college after he's dead. Haley? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I can't use that name. turn into Marshall Mathers now? I, I know. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, I don't even know if they've used the daughter's name yet, so I'm not going to say it. I can't remember. I thought that they did settle on... I thought that was one of the things they did last year is they settled on Holly. Okay, Marie doesn't like that uh, that option, I but think so, no yeah. one likes Marie's option. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So before they can drive off, Tuco returns, and uh, his he's got his henchman there. He's convulsing, and he wants Heisenberg to save him, and of course he can't because the guy's been badly beaten. Uh, the guy dies, and Tuco tells his bodyguard to go hide him in the junkyard. Did you remember the scene at all? Oh yeah. I see. I yeah. did not like when that uh, when they started, you know, taking off in the Captain Cook mobile, 
uh-huh. and the SUV came roaring back up. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what You're the like fuck? seeing this for the first time. That's kind of awesome. Did 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 they? Because I knew Tuco eventually kidnaps him. I'm like, did he just turn right right around and be like, you guys are? I I was <laughs> truly like had no fucking clue how they're huh. going to get out of that and how they got into it. But it's uh, interesting how uh poor nodos took a beating for not being able to take a beating yeah yeah and then when he died he took another beating <laughs> it's yeah like, how you, many beatings you there you come breathe into his mouth mm-hmm. they don't do that anymore which that's true i wish the last time i took a cpr class i yeah. was shocked to learn that it's they no no longer teach people to do the mouth breathing it's just all chest compressions okay and it's funny because mm-hmm. The guy intimated that it's because people are not, you know, the, the average person can't remember the number of chest compressions you're supposed to do to breathing. And it's better to, like, I guess there's enough oxygen in your blood to be circulated around through chest compressions alone to keep your brain alive. So I asked him, I hmm. said, so is it still better if you're not a moron to to do the breaths and the chest compressions? And he's looked at me. He's like, just do the t- chest compressions. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> he said, just do the chest compressions, moron. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you don't understand. I want to know which is – it's like, I understand you have to make allowances for people being idiots. But he feels like by telling you that you could be an idiot and that he would be harming somebody. Right? I guess. I should have maybe privately approached him. But I still would love to know that. Um, mm. uh, what is, is it really, you're, it, it's not better to do the breathing and the chest compressions. I'm sure we have a listener who will tell us, uh, we probably, Hell, we just had a paramedic, just had something. a paramedic yep. email us, uh, on the watching dead podcast. So maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. we'll attract some attention there. The thing that really strikes me in this series of interactions here is the difference between the way Tuco interacts with Walt and the way Tuco interacts with Jesse. Sure. Night and day. Uh, you can tell that he actually respects when Walt says something, not so much when Jesse says something, right? I, however, I do think this is the start of him treating uh, Heisen, you know, Heisenberg like a little bitch, as he would refer to it. Sure. Because I think, you know, last season, he wouldn't shove his partner to the ground just for the heck of it. Like when Heisenberg could, like if Heisenberg brought this guy back from the dead, Tuco might end up working for Heisenberg by the end of this season. <laughs> right, yeah. And and the other thing is this how... So Tuco being crazy uh-huh. in, a, in, in, in a, you know, almost psychological sense of the word, not like a maniac, like a criminal maniac, but just being crazy, do you think that's a Loose more cannon. recent development? Because I feel like that uh, Gonzo is truly disturbed at the fact that he beat this guy to death and then is this going to leave him there for the buzzards to get? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the Tuco has gotten a little too far into his product. Maybe so. Uh, you know, he has been running around screaming tight, tight, tight an awful lot. He's a degenerate. He'll put, anyth- he'll, he'll put anything in his nose that you put in front of him. Yep. Hopefully including ricin. <laughs> <laughs> ricin uh, beans. Yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, Walt and Jesse go to leave. Uh, Tuco stops them long enough to get in their faces, throws Jesse to the ground, and then they drive off. Uh, I really like the line uh, where, you know, Walt's saying, I think we're done here. And Tuco just gets in Jesse's face and says, you're done. You're yeah. done. That's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ten, ten, weeks is, ten more weeks of this is totally doable. Sure. This is not going to de- de- degenerate any further. <laughs> no, this is week one. Here's what happened. He, a man is beat to death. <laughs> week 10, no escalation, I hope. Even if it stays the same, 10 people beaten to death in front of you is not good. 
No. Uh, so we go back to the White House. Skylar is lotioning her face, uh, or <laughs> lotioning her belly, masking her face. Uh, Walt comes home, and he goes directly to the TV, and then he's having this uh, episode, as Walt is prone to do, with uh, ringing in his ears and just completely zoning out. And then uh, once she gets his attention, th- th- there's a little bit of a rapey scene here. Uh, Walt goes a little crazy. A little... No, I think that you could definitely call that marital rape. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Although he does she... stop when she finally says no and forces him away. But no, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. She was and... definitely given plenty of signals that this was not welcome behavior before then. Yeah, yeah. He got he got way too aggressive with it. Uh-huh. Uh cuz she she would have maybe been into it if he, she had cuz she says like go oh, give me a second to remove the avocado face right, and right. all that stuff but then yeah he doesn't stop the other thing keeps... is a weird energy net scene because i think when like when he first came to put his head on her shoulder mm-hmm. her shoulder i thought that he was going to sob mm-hmm. um and then you know there again my my memory's a little fa- Fuzzy when he first then when he turned into aggression, I thought that it was going to happen kind of like they've done before, like you know the dirty sex out by the police cruiser in a PTA meeting, uh, like the is that yep. you, Walt, at the end of the pilot? I thought it was going to go that way, but um, it became pretty clear a couple seconds into the situation it wasn't. Yeah, and, Walt is clearly freaking out. Uh, yeah, about what he just saw. It's now starting to hit him. And this is the first time that Skyler's met Heisenberg too. Yes, that hat. That specifically when he puts that hat on that shelf and walks into the kitchen. Yeah, and it's just really awkward, uh, and more so than even by season one, Walt and Skyler standards, uh, energy to the scene. Yeah. I, I mean, so Walt just watched a man beat to death in front of him. Uh, what th- he's now in business with this man. I feel like Walt is just realizing he's in way over his head at this point. What do you think he was doing when he came home? Oh, why did he go to the TV and turn it on? Yeah. I'm I'm not sure he knew what he was doing. See, I thought he was coming home to see if this, like, you know, the, I'd just been a part of a major crime. Is this on television? <laughs> He's already looking for it on TV? Sure. That's what I thought he was doing. Huh. He was just frantically trying to see if there's been a murder reported in, you know, whatever. Yeah, maybe so. And then he just zones out once he doesn't find it. I'm just saying maybe they should have met at the mall, like Jesse said mm-hmm. all along, because I don't think... I don't think you stuff a body into the mall fountain. No, no. No, I don't think you beat a man to death at the mall. Mm -hmm. I don't think your partner gets shoved down to the ground at the mall. Yeah. So, he knows Jesse, and Jesse, later on, he does his illegal activities right in public. Just ten and a half more weeks. Yep. And uh, always in public this time. Yep, no more junkyard meetings. (laughs) Although, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, obviously... It'd be interesting to see what Tuco's reaction would be if the, after this thing say, "Hey, uh, meet us at the food court." Yeah, like he be, might be like, "You fucking be at the junkyard, or I will come looking for you, and you'll be dead." Yep, you've already lost the the, the upper hand. So absolutely, yeah. He, Tuco has all the power in this, despite the quality of Walt's product. Uh, anyway, so Walt goes out to the pool, and Skyler comes out to tell him basically not to take his frustration out on her. And then Walt Jr. comes home and he sees the smudge on the fridge and he's kind of puzzled by that. Uh, did you want to talk about anything at the pool here? Uh, nah, it's the the pool of reflection, yep. as I think Aria over on uh, Siri Bull calls it, <laughs> um, where all of of Walt's thinking, serious thinking, and, and uh, yeah. happens. 
I did love the transition from the uh, Skyler's green face mask, mask mirrored on the fridge to Jesse eating the bowl of guacamole at the doghouse. Yeah, yeah, where he buys a gun. Right, which the doghouse, I have a whole, I mean, it's it's funny, ever since we got back from the ABQ Fan Fest, Breaking mm-hmm. Bad Fan Fest, I have a whole more, I have a, a much larger appreciation for the set and setting of this place. And it's like, oh yeah, the doghouse. Sure. I've been there. They sure. don't actually have benches out front. They don't. <laughs> It'd been cool if they did. Yeah. Well, they have a parking lot out front. Mm-hmm. So because they're super popular. They're not gonna get yeah. up that many prime parking spaces. Been their there thing for a is long time. that place is tiny and their parking lot is relatively small. Like if they had that yeah. the benches set up like that, you could get like three cars in their lot. Yep. Uh so Jesse buys that gun and then the next day at Jesse's house, Walt and Jesse are arguing about uh I, I think Walt they're arguing about whether their lives are in danger at first. And then Jesse convinces Walt, yes, they are um, over the course of that conversation. And then pulls out the gun and says, we need to take him out before he takes us out. And then Walt kind of breaks down Jesse's plan here in detail. One question I have for you is knowing what we know later on in the episode, which is that Tuco was not planning on killing them. Yeah. What the hell is Tuco doing? What is his, what is his plan here? What it, why is well, he calling holding them hostage? So I don't know what his plan is after that for the non-spoiler cast. <laughs> why is he calling them eight times a night? Yeah, why is he fucking with him? When did Gonzo like... get pinned? It seems like that Gonzo dying is what led him. Like he, I don't think that he, I don't think kidnapping them was on his radar until Gonzo died, and then when did Gonzo die? I feel like it was that night. Maybe that's when he started calling. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm trying to establish. Did he go back to get the body to bury him? Like, what actually happened there? That must have been that either he Tuco, was trying because it looked like he was trying to pull him out from under the car stack. Like the either Tuco felt bad, and after he came down from his tight, tight, tight. Um, <laughs> after he he's like, you know, I don't feel good about what we did with Nodos. Why don't you go pull him out? You know, now it's dark. We'll give him proper Christian burial. I feel like Tuco did not say that. I think I, <laughs> you think I Gonzo, think went, Gonzo on went on his own and pulled the body. Yeah, and Gonzo showing up missing just sent the already paranoid, unstable Tuco <laughs> into, into a rage. oh god, I've got to, I I, I gotta to, to, to kidnap my two cooks and do god knows what with them. I th- that feels to me like what happened. Yeah, all right. Because during that that scene, Gonzo's like, "Oh, we can't do that to him. That's not Christian, man." Sure, sure. Can't leave his body out here. So not a bad Gonzo. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, have to do some more Gonzo later <laughs> in the series. Well, Gonzo's Gonzo, so I can't really. Get, yeah, I was gonna say, get all your Gonzo you can <laughs> in this episode, man. Yeah, no kidding. I'll do the entire outro as Gonzo. Uh, all right, so I don't know. There, there's a lot of put a pin in that stuff here, where you know Jesse turns it around on him later in the episode. I really like that. What do you mean by turning it around? Oh, oh, uh, he, sure, sure. Because sure. Walt's telling him, oh, well, now we'll put a pin in that because but, you haven't thought it out. But even in this scene, he stops him up cold, but it's like, you know, Walt's like, it's not that easy. And he said, hey, man, Walt, you did it, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the few times that Jesse ever calls him by his Christian name. It is one of the very few times. In fact, I think this might be the first but it does not I, happen very I frequently. I want to say it only happens like one other time. Because a lot, most of the time it's Mr. White. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So um, I thought that was interesting. And this strategy of, you know, well, how would you do that? Break it down specifically. Be specific. Is it two shots yeah. or three? Is it, you know? I mean, he's right to think this scenario through. I don't know that you need to know exactly, like, X number of shots and, like, you can't put a gun in Walt's hand and, like, a little bit of improv is going to have to be there because you can't know the exact situation. But Walt's right to say, okay, how many people are going to be there? Is he going to be with someone else? Uh, is he going to have more bodyguards than you thought? Is he going to take more shots than you thought? How far away are they going to be? All that stuff. I mean, it's stuff you want to think about, but it's stuff you can't necessarily completely plan for. Yeah, I feel like that for whatever reason, Walt already had something that he, he just didn't want to do this particular plan. And yes. Instead of collaborating, he was just shutting it down. Yeah, that's how it felt to me, too. Because it, it, And that's the thing is like this... It never. It doesn't feel like a partnership. It feels like Jesse is a very low level employee. That's just oh. like you know. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you're bringing something to the board. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, uh, ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Marie calls Skylar on her way out of work or out to work, uh, and leaves her a message inviting her out for dinner. And then Hank follows her out to the car and reminds her about her meeting with Dave, which I think you know by the end of this episode we have figured out exactly what that is. Um, and then on her way out of the driveway, she runs over some poor kid's RC car. To the sounds of Kenny G, I'm guessing. <laughs> okay, is that but what she listens I to? I think it sounds like you know Ugh. that that kind of smooth jazz bullshit. Yuck. Um, no offense if you like Kenny G, but you know smooth jazz bullshit. Uh, Marie, in addition to smooth jazz, big fan of purple. Huge fan of purple. Big yeah. fan of purple. <laughs> Like, That's I, not going anywhere in this series. <laughs> no, but I feel like that this is the first time we really were hit in the face with it. Oh, yeah. Her whole like, kitchen's here's her kitchen, purple. Here's her car. Here's her here's... outfit. It's just yeah. purple, purple, purple. Purple everywhere. I, I don't know how she can stand I don't know how Hank can stand it, frankly. Mm. Like, just a constant purple palace bullshit going on. Well, that's probably why he stuck the gun in his mouth in season three and blew his head off. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh I did notice a weird. That's not act. That just to no, be clear, that course. did not happen. I like to fuck with you, you rookies, every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> but now they know definitively that he does not swallow. Oh, gun spoiler! In three. Now it's a real spoiler. Son of a bitch. Uh, he also does not grow wings and fly to the sun. So, <laughs> spoiler. No, alert. of course, is the w- the wax on his wings dissolved before he got there, and he falls out. I mean, yeah, he's played Kid Icarus. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so I noticed the difference in his demeanor when he's dealing with Marie versus really anyone else. Yeah. Anyone else. Or maybe it's just it's women. women. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. when he's with Skylar later on, he also has kind he of has that same... no effing clue what to do. Yeah. And so he's he's very delicate when he's around his wife. Like, oh, well, I think you have the meeting tonight. Uh, no, I th- don't you remember? We moved it. Like, he, he's not like, Gomez, get in here. We got some shit to do. Yes. You know? And especially since, like, He's got no idea how to hold the 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 women in his life accountable or to talk with them as a person because it's yeah, entirely yeah. appropriate to be like, look, Marie, you got to see this Dave or there's going to be consequences. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a freaking police officer. I'm swore, swore to uphold the law. You made a promise to me. Yes. You're going to do this. Yes. There's a way to you know hold people to their commitments and not be a complete doormat and not also be an abusive douchebag. And I don't think that – like he's got two throttles. 
He does. One that he uses with his underlings and with the perps and his cages and whatnot, and then how he deals with the the people important to him, specifically the women in his life. And yeah, he doesn't he doesn't know. There's no in between. Yeah, I feel like this is the first time we've seen that side of Hank. Sure. Uh, so it was interesting. Anyway, he goes into the office and then he takes charge. And he orders Gomez into his office, grabs a perp uh, by the face, and shoves him back from the bars <laughs> for the temerity of asking for his phone call. I know, right? <laughs> Asserting your rights, get out of here. Uh, so Gomez shows him some security footage of some masked bandits who we know, of course, are Jesse and Walt stealing the methylamine out of the the warehouse, and they're laughing at how bad they are at it. Just totally inept it's it's a barrel douchebag it rolls like <laughs> they're so bad and then they speculate on who it might be you know it's funny because it shows how skilled gomez and uh hank are completely because he knew like right away oh p2p kick like he's got a Old lot of the chemistry down and the thermite and you know he's like this is a lot of book learning but no street smarts mm-hmm. you know the college kids inference was entirely a yep. rational leap to make and he says, you know, that's a lot of methylamine. That's that's a big score. You're going to step on a lot of toes. Better ca- hope we catch him before the boys from Juarez do. Yeah, and that's the piece that Walt and Jesse don't understand that Hank does. Right. But they're starting to get a taste of that, right? Right, right. <laughs> With Tuco. Yeah, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate when they show, you know, as crazy as Hank can be sometimes and... You know, as inept as he is at some other things, he's great at what he does, uh, which is catch criminals, catch drugs. Yes, catch drugs. Catch them, catch them, get those drugs off the street. Yeah. Uh, maybe Walt should ask him to partner up, right? <laughs> like he goes to Hank and he says, hey, Hank, I got a good proposition here, making a lot of money. Here's you, what we do. You know the business, I know the chemistry. Here's what we do. I... I, I will put a small amount of rice in and all the meth that I make. It's super good and super popular. And by the time, like, you know, 60 days from now, all meth users in the greater Southwest area will just fucking die. And problem solved, right? Uh-huh. Dealers go out of business. You know, it's like it's it's that's that's how you win the war on drugs. Chemical Kill weapons. All. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Uh Anyway, Walt goes out to get the paper later that night, and he sees an SUV parked on the side of the road that, when he sees it, starts up and drives off. It definitely spooks him. Um, just a really short scene there. Then he, uh, Skyler wakes up because the, the baby is kicking, and she turns over. Walt's gone, and then we see that Walt's at the window, and he's been up all night. Uh, and he's also got a knife. He's been guarding a family with a kitchen knife yeah. right from the, the chopping block. Should have taken that gun, I think, at this point. Uh, they really, really dress Skylar down. I, in this I bet scene. the doghouse. The doghouse seems like a place that's open late. Seems yep. like a 2 a.m. joint. I think you could still, it wasn't too late to go getting the Aztec, motor onto the doghouse with a couple with a couple hundred bucks and getting, getting yourself a snub nose. Yeah, but I. I don't think that opportunity. Are you saying like send Jesse to do that, or no, dude, just, just like be Walt? Go yeah. sit down with two hundred bucks and hope a guy with a gun walks by. <laughs> that's I think that's how the doghouse works. <laughs> okay, every hour on the hour, there's, there's people regularly walking by with brown mm-hmm. bags. You see one coming, you kind of like lift up your tray, flash him a bit, and you have a gun. <laughs> sure. That's the way it works. Uh, I was in the ABQ. I was struck by how uh, dressed down Skyler was in this scene. 
they they take some great pains here to make her look like she is just uh, hanging around the house all day, all day, every day. Okay, right. It's funny because I don't know, man. I I found Skylar extremely sexy in this episode. Well, later on she looks way better. I'm talking about no, this like scene even in when particular. she's like, you know, obviously she's got the guacamole on her face. That's <laughs> that's uh, something to look at. But no, I just like I was really impressed by uh, really yeah Anna Gunn in this episode. Wow. No, she looks she's like got, she's just soaking in the tub. I mean, yeah, it's I, like I don't think you're remembering this particular scene because it was ooh rough. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, Walt tells it's real life, man. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Walt tells Jesse about the SUV from the previous night, um, and then Jesse says it's bad news, and then he shows him that he he knows how to open the gun now. <laughs> Uh, Walt pulls out some beans He's from, cracked his, the case. from his pocket and he tells Jesse a story about someone being killed by them and then suggests they use them on Tuco. Yeah, so that, I guess that late 70s story of, of the Bulgarian journalist, that's actually legit. Yeah. Um, and Got him with the umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something about in that, uh, in, there was a, um, that, that, that factored in some kind of Tom Clancy plot too. So like I and I never imagined that that was actually real. Like I kind of should have suspected. And I remember when I first watched this, I kind of sat up a little bit and up in my chair. I was like, oh yeah, I was kind of familiar with that. Um, yeah. But it seems like the perfect, perfect murder weapon that you need to kill uh, a crazy person like this. Sure. I mean, if you can do it covertly, sure. do it. Yeah. Uh, but is do you think that Walt is planning on putting this into play right now, or is he going to wait his ten weeks? Is eleven weeks, is or is this going to be a like a, a the nuclear option that he can call on whenever he needs to? To me, it felt like in this episode, at some point he crossed the threshold from being concerned about how he's going to get money to being concerned about how he's going to survive this. Might have been the all night he spent awake, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. dreading the appearance of the SUV, right? Yeah. Okay, that seems that's 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 rational, sure. Yeah, and especially when he sees that SUV and. Uh, I mean that's that's bad news. Uh, it, I love love this scene because it has so much comedy in it. I mean Jesse is skeptical, <laughs> his sarcastic skeptical tone about these beans, like the rice and beans comment. Yeah, rice and <laughs> he beans. Uh-huh. He's like, how are these beans going to kill anybody? Are we going to grow a beanstalk, climate, <laughs> and escape? Like, so good. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, and the comedy in this episode just continues to get darker. Throughout. Sure. This, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll I mean, th- there's another scene as well. Sure. Where it's pretty dark. Uh, anyway, we go back to Skylar looking at pictures in the nursery, and she finds one of her with some guy. Some guy. Uh, Hank shows up. He's, well, so is he snooping around the house? Is... Man, I don't know, because this was awkwardly filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, If it was Hank, I'm surprised... Skyler wasn't like Hank. Why did you come to the door or the the window? Or yeah, I'm surprised if it. She thought it wasn't Hank that she wouldn't say there was just someone at the window. It's really creepy. Maybe it's a meter guy. I I don't know because the shadow seemed a little thin for Agent Schrader to me. <laughs> no, okay, but it was a bald head. But then again, everyone in this dang show is bald at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to take away from that. That, that Hank just routinely is like looking, snooping around the house until he finds the house they're in and knocks right on. He just, it's, you know, yeah, it's too too inefficient to knock on the door. You're right. It doesn't make a lot of sense that that would be Hank sneaking around there. 
Um, but Skylar doesn't seem as disturbed by it as maybe she should. Yeah. So he goes, uh, he goes, knocks on the door, and then he he comes in and says, "Hey, he's talking to Skylar, and he pleads with her to basically call Marie and then stop this whole uh, cold war that's been going on between the two." Um, and then Skylar drops a shoplifting bomb on him, and he drops the bomb right back and says, "Yeah, I kind of knew about that." And uh-huh. she is livid. Yeah, uh, she flips out because we need to support Marie. That that's the whole thing is like, yeah. Skyler does do the justifiable self-righteous rage very well. And she's entirely within her rights here. Completely. Because Hank is being a complete doofus. Like, Uh it's it's shocking to me that, oh, he didn't. But that's the thing. He didn't know that this was over to shoplifting. He knew about the shoplifting, but he did not know that she knew that 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 she was arrested, almost arrested for that. And yeah. Yeah. This is another scene where I'm not certain that I'm supposed to be laughing here, but they play it a little bit for comedy. Like Hank is so awkward around well, that, Skyler. It's not funny until at the end when she breaks down crying and like Hank that acts hug, like man. he's 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 trying to hug a live <laughs> electric wire. And then because one of the many things she rants about is a lukewarm, rusty water coming out of the uh-huh. uh, supply. He's like, uh, you want me to look at that supply closet? That's something I actually can do. I <laughs> Emotionally engaged with you right now is something beyond my my ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll go turn a wrench. Uh, is that hey, a euphemism? No. Okay. Turn a no, wrench. No, once you suggesting that Hank would actually I'm take suggesting advantage that he, of Skyler. No, that he fixed the hot water heater. <laughs> is that a euphemism? <laughs> God damn it. Damn, Jim. Calm down. <laughs> Another man's wife and pregnant to boot. So Walt makes the rising from the castor beans in a... Really cool cooking scene. One of the few cooking oh, scenes in yes. Breaking Bad that is not him cooking meth or breakfast. <laughs> like, those are the three options. Sure, sure. You're cooking Band-Aid bacon or you're cooking meth. It's very uh, rare that you're you're making rice in. For sure. And then they run through their plan to kill Tuco, uh, mm-hmm. which is give him meth laced with rice. Yep. It's a pretty good Poison plan. Poison Escante. Yep. You think you would notice, though? I don't know. Is there any flavor to? I just said it looked ricin? like it, the way they chose to portray it in the show is like this yellow powder, mm-hmm. and it's just loose in that little teeth. I thought they'd do maybe a better job of, of uh, uh, integrating it, maybe. Yeah, I felt like they were going to mix that in with meth. Like, no, it is already mixed in with meth. It's already mixed in. Yeah, then it completely doesn't look like meth. Like they're making. Because it's, I thought it it's like, yellow, I, and it's... I mean, granted, meth can probably be yellow. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's the powdery part. There's uh-huh. large crystals, which I thought was the meth. Okay, all right. And then well, then, yeah, you're right. They did a terrible job mixing it in. Okay, but then maybe that's all. That's part of the new recipe. They could just say that. I mean... And and yeah. as I think Walt's right that he it's just snore anything that they put in front of him. Yeah, maybe so. How did it go down when he brought I mean, what in if they the like did a pulp mercury? fiction and they just like made a big cube of? Of course, this is me being completely ignorant of drugs. What if they just made a big cube of heroin, like crushed that, snort it, and you go Uma Uma Thurman right away? All right. Well, does he do heroin? Does he sell heroin? Well, I or does feel he just like sell meth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't. Even if you build up a tolerance, I think if you snort a certain amount, you're still going to die. Sure. Well, what are you saying? Like, make some super potent meth? 
No, like he'll do? literally just do in Pulp Fiction, just heroin. What if he doesn't do I heroin? Guess that's a powder, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't tell him it's like if he will <laughs> snort anything you put in front of his face. I don't know that he will, though. Like, do you he, have he to get snort... the castor beans out and and reduce them to rice, or can't you just like have him? Slide? There's there's <laughs> a lot of lethal things you can have a person snort that you can get on the street. I feel like you're right, but I don't know that he will snort anything you put in front of him. He will certainly <laughs> snort meth. Like... A cinder block. <laughs> yeah. He just crushes that up with his knife. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh! this is yeah. the best time ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, and here's where Jesse comes in with, you know, love. Well, let's put a pin in that yeah, comment right. to get back at Walt. Yep. Which I liked. Um, then Hank calls Walt to apologize for getting Skyler so worked up. Uh, Walt, of course, has no idea what he's talking about at this point. But then, in what I consider a stroke of genius in storytelling, in the way they unravel this piece of information here, he sends a picture of the crime scene he's at to Walt and Jesse and it's the junkyard where they met Tuco. So like we as an audience don't see that until right. Jesse and Walt see that. Right. And it, I don't know the way that the way they unravel that information is just perfect to me. Yep. Uh because we feel very much in Walt and Jesse's situation there. Mhm. Uh Walt decides he's going to take the gun. Jesse tells him uh no, I want the gun. But Walt says, no, you need to leave town. I need the gun to protect my family. And he grabs, uh, Jesse grabs his money. Walt races home. Which is a fair point. Jesse can, yeah. Jesse's got nothing to time there. And he could, he could vamos. Uh, and yet Walt still has something as big secret. He can't just be like, hey, let's go on a vacation. <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy cancer dad. And we're not going to get another shot at this. Let's go. Sure. I, I have a question related to that that I'll ask you at the end of this episode. Or okay. actually, no, at the end of... Yeah, right, right at the end of this episode. Okay. okay. Uh, so all's quiet when he gets home. Uh, Skylar's in the bath, and Skylar's trying to talk to him, but Walt's packing up money into a diaper box. Yeah, and we did you skip the part about Jesse having a bug-out bag just full of his cash? Uh, I, well, I said he grabbed up his money. Oh, okay, but, okay, yeah, okay. But yeah, he's. so do you think he was preparing for that option anyway? Um, I don't know. It just seems like a good idea to have all your ill-gotten cash in one spot. I actually think that yeah, and hidden. The under only the reason sink. Walt's doing that is because he can't afford Skyler to just be you know cleaning up or nesting or organizing and come across seventy thousand dollars yeah, in cash, right? Oh yeah, Gretchen. Uh, she insists on paying me in fat dealer stacks. <laughs> Rubber band banks is how her uh-huh. and Elliot like to like to do their. <laughs> drug their their cancer drug therapy charity yeah you know they're in the chemistry <laughs> business it's a cash business oh yeah lots of cash lots small of small bills mm-hmm. uh anyway so i i like the reversal here where he goes into the house he's the one calling skylar's name this time she's not answering him it's kind of a reverse of the the opening scene um or but, not the opening scene, but the time where she does that in this episode. But then he reverses right back because just as she starts haranguing him about where he's been, he just Batman's disappears to check out yes. his cash, and then it's right back to Walt. <laughs> Walt, he does come talk to me, Walt. Like, can, can the man not to be like, yeah, and admit like, do you think he actually hears her? Because I, I when he's flipping through the channels, he had the whole Ooh, he was not hearing yeah, her. That that's fair. But I feel like he was hearing her. Why wouldn't he say something like, I got a nosebleed? Or, like, why can't he just tell an easy lie to put her in? Yeah. Because I guess I feel like a 
a hole just thinking about that. But yeah, I, ignoring you're her, probably seems right, like, and, and he does too, right? Like after the hundredth time she calls him, she, he's like, "I'll be right there." Well, here's the thing: I got it. How close was Walt to coming clean to her? Super close. I felt like we almost wrapped scene. up the series in eight episodes uh, when he sat on the edge of the bathtub. He he was ready. He said, "Where do I even begin?" And he was about to begin. Yeah, and then headlights, headlights happen. So. That's the thing. Let, let's talk about this diaper box a little bit. It seems to me like Walt's plan is to come clean to Skylar, tell her they're in extreme danger, take that box, and leave with his family. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why else he packs up that diaper box. Um, That's a good point. Well, see... And, and we know that that plan gets interrupted, of course. See, I... I hmm, Interesting. I thought that it was he was going to bug out with his family on some pretext and then hide the money so in case anyone cased their house, they wouldn't find it. But your suggestion you, actually makes a lot more sense. Like, how do you explain to your wife as you're carrying a diaper box out the... Like, for your unborn child, you're carrying a diaper box? No, what I'm saying is he would leave it behind and, saying, and just take his family to, to come back at a later hmm. date when he's taking care of Tuco, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I don't. Think I don't know why he even bothers getting I, hey, out in the open. I'm then. throwing that away. I like your suggestion way better. Okay. Uh, then we go over to Hank, who's investigating that crime scene that he's at in the junkyard, and he basically determines exactly what happened to the victims. He gets in there. They rip the arm off this guy, uh, and he says he was rummaging around pulling the body out, and the stack shifted. Yeah, get a photo of me and Stumpy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make sure you get the stump in there. That... I, I haven't quite got the Hank laugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be Weasley. It's yeah, got to be a little, little bit more Weasley. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I, that scene was funny in a kind of morbid way. Sure, but that's Hank. Uh, I think it's then, a lot of like a lot of. I don't know. Have you ever read Killing Pablo? I saw the the documentary based on. Okay, it. so it's it's about the same. It's it's written by Mark Bowden. I think is the same guy that hmm. uh, wrote Black Hawk Down. Okay. Um, and he just makes like the drug cops out to be like freaking Wild West cowboys. Like hmm. they posed with Pablo Escobar like he was a deer that they had just brought down. Like they're all he's his belly's laid out and he's got bullet hole and they're just all like posing with their guns and yeah, yeah, you know. So I mean, I don't know. Did they do that with Osama bin Laden? I seem I, to recall a couple pictures similar to that. Really? Of the, not not quite that level, but... I was going to say, the SEALs posing with them? No, I think it's like that, because that... Nowadays, they probably would never let that picture out. Those sure. days, like, according to Bowden, several, like, DEA and CIA joint, uh, like, chiefs had that picture, like, mounted on their wall in their office. That's how he was wow. aware of it. Um, but no, it's interesting how you see your adversary, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, to them, they are hunting this person. Yeah. (laughs) It is a big game trophy for them. Uh, Skyler tries to talk to Walt here and, you know, like we said, he's near confession, but then he sees Jesse's headlights out the window. He goes to investigate and Tuco takes him hostage. Tuco's got Jesse and Walt at the end of this episode. Indeed. What do you do here, man? I mean, (laughs) on, on one hand, he's about like, he's got his wife in there. The gun and the money are in a diaper box in the nursery. We know that Skylar has been rummaging around in that nursery. 
And on the other hand, you've got a guy with a gun telling you to get in the car right now. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the whole buckle in front seat, step on the <laughs> gas and hit a telephone pole. Uh-huh. I would have been all in on that that plan. I'm Love sure. it. Love it when that plan comes together. You've done that to me just going to <laughs> lunch. Sure, man. In the middle of the day. Unless you're not buckled in, I'll brake check you. Boom. Enjoy, so many enjoy your concussion. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think uh, that would have been interesting. But no, I have no idea. And that's the... I kind of expected a little bit of letdown in the tension. Ah. And mm. nah, from from the first episode, they got you about a balls twisting hard. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it it's nonstop. Sure. Did you notice, because I said this last year, and I feel like it wasn't true, and I thought, like, man, maybe I was wrong. But Dave Porter did have a custom theme remix at the uh, end of this episode huh okay uh so if you're watching on netflix starting season two apparently if you uh, uh, uh ignore its urging to go on to the next episode yeah have to go back up and select a box you can listen to his custom arrangement and i don't know they're all cool. like that because i think some of them end in either silence or some of them end in like a particular licensed piece of music mm-hmm. but uh apparently anyone that doesn't end like that he's written a a completely unique score based on the theme song for each one. That's cool. I don't know how he does it for 50-something episodes. Yeah, I'm going to try to get a little bit of... Because I couldn't really get a flavor for this one. It felt a little bit... A little, felt, felt a little twangier, like a country westerner <laughs> or a bluegrass version, but not okay. quite that bluegrass either, like a southwest bluegrass. Yeah. But I have no idea because I he first alerted me to this during a late season four, maybe early season five interview... And, of course, AMC, you never, ever got no. to hear any of that because it was always fast-forward credits and next time on. No. Um, so I, I'm actually going to try to go through and see if I can get any themes or figure yeah. out what he's trying to do here. No, that's cool. Uh, and that's the end of the episode, man. I really like this. As a season two opener, I think it sets up the drama and the the problems that Walt and Jesse have really well. And also, don't sleep on the opening black and white because i remember seeing that for the first time and just how unnerving and and how mysterious and how badly you want to know what in the heck (laughs) how is this relevant how is this is this waltz pool what is going on here yeah i i feel like showing the audience something that's a little weird and mysterious goes a long way yeah uh and they did that effectively at the beginning of this sure Shall we pay some bills, man? Yes, please. So if you like what we're doing here at Breaking Bad, part of it and doing here includes rewatches of, of, of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can support us because we honestly need your support. We're full-time podcasters, and uh, our bills don't pay themselves. Oh, how we wish they would. Uh, one of the, the great ways to do so is with our Amazon affiliate link. We know it's uh, coming up on... Black Friday and Digital Monday and Tuesday and just everybody's making that the the, the they're, this thing is becoming like Black Week, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty soon. And uh, you could go out and fight the crowds. You could go out at four o'clock in the afternoon on Thanksgiving before the turkey's even cool, before the last football game is played, and fight the crowds. Or you could go on Amazon.baldmove.com, get redirected to Amazon. And take advantage of all their Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all those deals. Have it shipped to to convenience your home and get your sh- Christmas shopping done without even having to set foot outside. That's, That's what, what I'm, I'm doing. doing. Yep. No, totally. I've The last two Christmases, I've almost 90% of stuff I've gotten online. 
And last year, the only reason it wasn't 100% is because I actually procrastinated. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it, it turns out Amazon can sell out mm-hmm. of hot things. Like, their yep. warehouses aren't just, like, matter, antimatter conversion <laughs> devices out of Star Trek. They, yeah. If you wait the week before Christmas, things get grim. So don't yeah. don't be that guy. Don't, don't A-run it. Uh, and we get a cut of, out of everything you buy. Yep. So it's the same great deals and shipping and pricing that you get, and you're just sending us some love. So we appreciate that. You can also go to patreon.com slash baldmove. Uh, there's a bunch of different support levels, but in return for your money uh, and your direct support of our uh, monthly support of our podcast, you get extra access. For example, one of the for $3 a month, you can make these ads go away. You'll never hear me drone on about Amazon again. Pretty good deal. At $5, you can watch our podcast live. Pretty pretty awesome deal. You get the lunch with Jim and Aaron's where we go next week. We're putting up the Bald Move Christmas tree mm-hmm. and decorating it. Uh, we have live Q&A, so you can ask us questions or talk about whatever. Uh, a good time's had by all. You also go on subbable.com slash bald move. Uh, all kinds of different things you can do that. You can talk to us on the phone. You can uh, commission a custom podcast. We just did Big Trouble Little China. Some kind soul is forcing us to watch Star Wars A New Hope oh, and podcast on it. What am I going to do? How, I, you know, I'm not even that big a fan. No. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Subbable.com slash bald move. And, of course, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That's another great way you can and help support us. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, other way is we've got a survey. Survey.baldmove.com for 2014 takes about five minutes to take, and it lets you give us direct feedback on how we're doing, what you'd like to see us work on for next year. Um, and we're going to use that to make a hopefully better network. So if you'd like to support Bald Move again for free, uh, get into uh, survey.baldmove.com. I think we're ready to consider some feedback. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I think so. Let's do it. All right. Rebecca H. said, I was going week to week with you through season one rewatch. Then the Tuco episodes happened, and I started marathoning. I got all the way through to the finale, but I guess I'm going back again. This was in Wait, response. Season two finale or the finale? The finale. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. It's it's like a bag of Doritos, man. You yeah. just can't stop with one. And uh, that's the kind of show it is. Nikki P said the same thing. Uh, she got to end the bags in the river and knew it would be a complete rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan LP said... Uh, you're looking forward to season two. Thanks for the great work. After rewatching 737, I felt like this episode is where things really start to crack under pressure. Be it Jesse and Walt, Marie and Skyler, Tuco and his guys, no one is at harmony. Two bad elements, Tuco and Marie. <laughs> and they're neck and neck. And you're talking about evilness and purple. You score on those two scales, it's a virtual tie. You're right. <laughs> uh, they take the main job of poisoning the waters for our characters, and the intro, which we have no context for, hangs heavy over the episode. Mm-hmm. Walt's declaration of $737,000, 11 more drug deals, till the final goal for his family's reach is particularly ominous when we can't see how he'll live through number one. Couldn't agree more. Any thoughts on any of that? Or should we no, move on? No, he's, he's right on. To Joe E. said, uh, points that he appreciated... Walt's immediate response to Nodos' murder is a frenzied logic about how much money he needs, while Jesse remains completely silent, knowing there's no rational response to what they just saw. <laughs> um, even early on, Jesse is not taken in by the rationalizations of their actions like Walt is. Do you see that as an early, early, uh, yeah, early I, sign of things to come? Sure, I definitely see Jesse taking this much harder than Walt does. 
Uh, he also thinks that Marie commenting about Chinese people eating American is hilarious writing. It's the kind of trite observation people make when they think they're being clever and original, but really we've all heard it a hundred times. Kind of like, I wonder if I call blue, or what I call blue, you call green. It's annoying. Or philosophy 101, depending on <laughs> your point of view. Sure. Skyler indeed started as unlikable and meddling in season one, going to Jesse's house, come on. But by now her character is totally sympathetic. Walt is acting batshit crazy the whole episode. She cannot be blamed for any kind of freak out in response. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, he's going out at all hours, including the morning. Uh, he is not talking to her. Yeah, a lot of stuff that Walt's doing that is both disturbing and or mysterious. Confusing. Indeed. Moving on to Tom from Volkswagen said, I was a big fan of the show from the beginning, and from the beginning, like most fans, I found the story being told about Walt very compelling. Part anti-hero, part train wreck, part master criminal, and portrayed masterfully by an artist at the top of his game, season one was definitely all about Walt. At the end of season one, if I had been asked by someone unfamiliar with the show what the premise was, I would have said something about a guy with cancer who cooks meth. Season two, for me, cemented the series as destined for elite status. Not because of the many reasons that I cannot list because they're spoilers. <laughs> uh, uh, and not just because of the great villain in Tuco. Season two is great because Jesse became three-dimensional and Aaron Paul came into his own as an actor. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved all the episodes after season two, but those are only possible because the Gilligan took the time in season two to develop Jesse and build a history between Walt and him that would be the foundation for the rest of the series. For me, season two took Breaking Bad to another level. That was also echoed a lot in um, not so much season two coverage, but I was noticing like in season three coverage uh, that Sepp and Wall wrote, and that, cause that's about the time I started paying attention to him. He mentioned Breaking Bad taking this, the, you know, the sophomore leap. Yeah, I, I feel like it might have been in season two. Um, so I can't say much about it in the non-spoiler section, but there are things that happen that I think change Jesse significantly into less of a joke and more of a real human being. Because um, I feel like for the first season, he was kind of the joke that the show was playing. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. Something about going into this, I, I have a low-quality copy of this show. Uh, Why so don't you I watch it on it, Netflix for God's sake? I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> so when I watched it, I was thinking, man, this looks bad. And it, it doesn't look as good as this show looks in like season four or five. Certainly. Uh, yeah. But, I, but I was that. thinking like Aaron Paul looks so young. He looks, uh, he doesn't sound the same as he sounds in later seasons. Uh, he really is not the same character in any way. And like I, I didn't know if I was okay with that, but by the end of this episode, I was totally back on board with it. I was like, okay, all of this is this is not some low budget schlock. This is actually really great television, and uh, I yeah, this show continues to amaze me even going back to it five years after the fact. Yeah, I totally agree because that's one thing I'm really sensitive on in a rewatch is trying to see if any of these moments feel false in retrospect. Yeah, like if someone just. If, if if they if they're too eager in shifting a person's morality or a person's yeah. motivations or what's important to them, when I make you know if if I make 
if, if I change my mind about when a character particular particularly undergoes a dramatic upheaval or whatever. Yeah. And I'm finding it all tracks through. Yeah, that feels like the most solid pillar of this show is the evolution of characters. Sure. Uh, I'd love to talk about more, but we need to get to the spoiler section. Yep. If you'd like to give us some more feedback, uh, you can do so at BreakingGood at BaldMove.com. And uh, you can also uh, play along with us on the forums. We're going to have forum threads, non-spoiler and spoiler, on forums.baldmove.com. You can always follow along our uh, threads on Facebook. Uh, But those are kind of a mixed bag. Some people uh, get a little spoiler happy, and uh, I can only moderate uh, a few hours out of the day. So... um, Check it out. That you can do the forums or Facebook. You can also tweet at Jim your observations. But the long form stuff, uh, breaking good at baldmove.com. And I think it's uh, time for us to get spoilery. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. We will be back next Thursday with another episode, I yep. think. Yep. Okay. No no holidays going on next week that I don't know about? Uh, turkey hangover. <laughs> National turkey hangover right. week. Perfect. N-T-H-O-W. Uh, well, then we will see you on N-T-H-O-W. Uh, that's not how you do it. Until then, (laughs) until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you in the spoilers. Hey man, why so glum? Ugh, it's lunchtime. I'm bored. My Facebook feed is nothing but cats and babies. Didn't you know that lunch with Jim and Aaron is on? No, what? Yeah, they get on camera and gab with people about TV, life, whatever. Okay, I'm on it. Not to mention live streams of all their instant and full podcasts. Plus, they have ad-free feeds, so you'll never hear me make this pitch again. That's great. I never want to hear this again. Shut up. Take my money. Get over to patreon.com slash baldmove to get access and help support free and independent podcasting. Okay. And we're back with the spoiler section. Uh, do we have a big spoiler section this week? Man, I just had tons of stuff I noticed. I feel like... And I was very proud of myself. And then I went on to Reddit and I and to the rewatch threads and I got a bunch more stuff. And yep. then I went on to com and read Arya's stuff and got even more. I mean, I felt like... <clears throat> I don't know if this is the start of every... If this is a first season kind of thing or if this is a direct result of like... A, we talked about the Villigan really plotting out... But I feel like this season, just so far, just in the one thirteenth that I've seen and researched on, does more is is, is more heavily drawing on stuff that that, that that sets up stuff in the future and has been more heavily mined later on for the future than any other mm-hmm. particular season. I think that mining thing it makes sense that you can't do a lot of that in season one because there isn't a lot of the show to mine. Yeah. So once you get into uh, subsequent seasons it seems like that becomes easier but just i mean like things like this the the thing where they talk about you know what's the death of ricin like something something minor and they're like well yeah. is it like a heart attack and walt's like no it's more like a flu than lydia's ultimate fate and and the uh, latter half of season five yeah can you believe it took that season 201 is when ricin is invented <laughs> And That's that insane. Thing, it's like the game where, you know, there's a penny in my hand game where you just pass it around and around and around in the songs. And it took four seasons, arguably five, if you if you don't buy the whole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for that to actually bite someone in the ass. The very Crazy. last episode, too. 
Crazy. I would not have guessed that something made in season That was something two. we used to do every single... That was one of the games we played. Yeah, we try to keep track of the ricin. Where's the ricin? Uh-huh. Who's got the ricin? Is it in Who's somebody's coffee? Is it in somebody's cigarettes? Is yep. it in... Yeah. A- another thing is um, they really sell Hank's joke, uh, the joke of Hank's complete inability to deal with a crying person super early. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Walt is able to exploit that to great effect in, in later seasons. Yep. And that's a character trait that, that they just got right out there in the, f- the first episode of season two. Mm-hmm. I already talked about the first appearance of Ryson. Um, what do you think about the half-burnt teddy bear? Because I remember in our podcast, we talked about there's this particular mask in Gail's apartment that's like half normal and half kind of like a, an orange burnt color. A burnt sienna, um, and and of course we know Gus's Gus's face off. Uh, the yeah. bear being scorched on the side and also losing an eye. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this isn't foreshadowing, true foreshadowing. Although you could argue with the the the, the mask, yeah, maybe, maybe it so. was. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's any inspiration drawn there? Uh, I, I think they might have mined that. Uh, it's it would certainly I would love to sit down and have a conversation with the writers and and Vince get him really drunk yeah uh, fill him full of sodium pentothal or whatever <laughs> truth serum truth serum yeah. and and find out how much of this they really planned out because or, or even how much of it they mind right is it just a happy coincidence that they said oh we should have this guy blow up maybe didn't even think about oh yeah we had that bear two seasons ago that like two years two years ago in our show, do they really go back and say, yeah, we want to do that to this character? And what and what parallels are they trying to draw here between the bear and Gus? Like, that's the most confusing part to me. If you're trying to say, yeah, yeah, it's obvious that this bear was totally tied in with Gus. How? Why? Mm. W- what was the rationale there? Is Gus like this bear in some way? No, I Is think he... it's, it's like, I, I hate to quote George Lucas because he's a better preacher than he is practicer, but like, one of the things he says is, Part of effective storytelling is kind of like a rhyming structure, like a stru- like a song. You've got okay. stanzas mm-hmm. um, that are different, but then you also have choruses that repeat, and even the stanzas follow the same pattern. So it's 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 you this lyrical storytelling where the bear then it becomes it kind of foreshadows and hints at uh, Gus's into, uh, ultimate fate. You don't have to enjoy the show at that level. But the argument's yeah, yeah. made that there's something subconsciously that feels satisfying. And then it's extra I find it extraordinarily satisfying when I'm reading these threads and I'm like, ah, oh, like one big aha mm-hmm. moment I found. Uh when Walt's adding up the numbers and comes to 737, there's a sound of an airliner <laughs> going overhead. engine going overhead in the background. Nice. And he couldn't That's on purpose. I that's totally on purpose, and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing that he can do on a season where he plots everything out, and it's just just amazing. Like when you let I and that's the thing. Before we get too much further in this, know that for the record, the 737 down over ABQ is my mm-hmm. least favorite plot in all breaking <laughs> bad history. Uh-huh. And I'm and I'm very interested to see what I think about it on the second time through. I mean, it's not even close. Like yeah, yeah, I'm kind. I was kind of annoyed at the beginning of the cousins because they seemed so over the top and so far out of what I thought Breaking Bad was capable of. Uh-huh. But this the 737 collision was super annoying to me. Yeah, but it's interesting because I'm already seeing that there's my memories of this is faulty. 
I thought that every episode of this season opened with a black and white, you know, montage of the bear. It's huh. only four episodes, and only the four episodes that make up the title, 737 Down Over ABQ. Yeah. I also thought those are the last four episode oh. titles. Uh-uh. That it's like if you read them in TV Guide, you'd see 737 Down Over ABQ. I also didn't know that there was rel- real-world relevance, relevance, because when you're watching this and you're just watching as a fan, you don't really pay attention to the titles much, or at least I didn't. Was there? What was happening at that time? No, I'm saying 737 is the name of an airliner, but sure. it's also obviously the, the number that used. Walt comes up with. And I, I bet when we get the down and over that they will there will be alternate meanings of there as well. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, Breaking okay. Bad. I thought you meant there was the some news here. around... A plane crash at the time. Okay. No, 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 no. Never mind. So, um, I, I, and I just wonder if most of the problem I had was the fact that I felt like it was a little bit of a letdown, that this was such an awesome device. And, you know, just at the, just at the time you forgot that, oh, yeah, we opened up with a bear and an eyeball floating in a pool, you know, four episodes go by, and then, bam, they hit you with again. It's like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is something we're supposed to be figuring out. Yeah, yeah. And then I just felt like the ultimate, the way that you just don't this. like the plane crash. I, I feel like your whole complaint all along has been the improbability of that plane crash. Uh, and it just doesn't feel like it was a cool, and, as and cool a payoff as I was expecting. It was okay. like I, I think Tom G called it hokey, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, you've said some stuff about like how it doesn't ultimately factor much into the plot, and I think you're right. Sure. You know, I mean, it, it serves the purpose of really traumatizing Jane's father, but that's about it. Right. And it doesn't really, it doesn't feel like it touches even Walt that much. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, he's indirectly responsible for the murder of hundreds of people. By the end of the series, that's small potatoes. There's a <laughs> lot more direct blood on his hands. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the eyeball. Uh-huh. We noticed that a lot in season four. The eyeball keeps that showing up. That hangs around. Walt has that in his drawer later on when he's not even living at home. And uh, I found, uh, according to Cerebral, um, on Cerebral.com, they say that, that, uh, that the cousins hold the eyeball. Skylar holds the eyeball. Uh, Walt, of course, holds the eyeball. Um, Gus, he steals Donnie Ladio's eyeball uh, necklace, and he yeah. uses that to taunt Hector. And uh, look at me, Hector. <laughs> and uh, Arya on uh, Serial, Serial, Serial Bull, mm-hmm. uh points out that this is usually used when characters are asked to being conf- uh, to confront their sins or their crimes. Okay. And like you know, Gus makes that explicit to look at me, mm-hmm. uh, face face your history. Um, there's also a lot of parallels to Gus killing Victor in Box Cutter with Tuco killing Nodos. Um, in in the immediate aftermath, both of the protagonists, Jesse in this case, bought a gun, and Walt buys the the snub nose revolver, mm-hmm. the the thirty eight snub, um, as a result of uh, Gus killing uh, Victor. Both involve stalking behavior. In this case, Gu- um, uh, Tuco was following Jesse and Walt in the box cutter incident. It turns. Walt slash Heisenberg into the stalker. And in fact, there is a the, the, the shot is shot for shot. Walt's Aztec parked on up the street. Yeah. Um, you and know, flipping over and we see Gus's house versus seeing uh, the White House. Yeah. And it's a clear parallel to that. And, and I, I think 
we're supposed to understand that this is Walt kind of getting into the Tuco realm of paranoia. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I like uh, that. And both were ultimately overreactions because mm-hmm. they both thought that Gus slash Tuco had it in for them. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Tuco just wanted to kidnap them and go to Mexico for safety. Uh-huh. And Gus wanted to take uh, Jesse to Mexico to cook for the cartel and, and ultimately overthrow them. So yep. it wasn't there. There was no overt threat to their lives. They just need to talk a little bit more, right? Yeah, like get it out. Get everything out in yeah. the open and just say, "Hey, you yeah, know, yeah. we want to go to Mexico, don't man." Don't jump the guns and ricin on every little <laughs> little shadow that you see on the window. Sure, still, that's man. the approach I would take with Tuco. I would say, "Hey, Tuco, let's sit down. Let's talk about this, right? Let's let's go to the Los Pollos Hermanos. Let's mm-hmm. get some chicken. Let's get a milkshake. Let's sit in the booth." Let's just talk. Snort some meth. Let's go to the food court. <laughs> something like that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we missed. I know there's a couple mm-hmm. things. Well, there's probably other stuff that we missed, but that's where Serial comes in. That's where the Breaking Bad Insider podcast comes in. That's where the Heisenberg Chronicles comes in. Is there anything... Does this start anything for Walter Jr., seeing that avocado mask? I don't think so. There? That was a pretty funny scene, though. It was a funny scene, yeah. He's uh, like, what the? Paris? In, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Hmm. I think, I think I hit all the things I wanted to talk about. All right. So. All right. Let's it then, right? I believe so. No, no emails in the spoiler section? No emails in the spoiler section. We're starting off pretty slow. Kind of out of nowhere, really. All right. Well, we'll get there. I I don't know that everybody knows we're doing this, uh, this week anyway. We got 13 episodes to build up steam. We got a lot of steam built up in just seven episodes on the, on the premiere and there's for the first part, first half of this, hardly anything's going to be going on in television. Yeah, you know, Walking Dead's wrapping up, and nothing much comes back till later in January. So uh, it's going to be Breaking Bad carrying the day. So so get in, get in early. It's yep. going to be fun. Should be. And honestly, going through this has made me really want to go through like season four and five. And I I'm know. not saying. A total rewatch, <laughs> yeah. but I think like no, a spoil- I think that is what you're saying. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you rewatch it because it's Breaking Bad, but I not record a whole other podcast. I think what you do is you just record a spoiler section. Mm. And I'm not sure if we okay. should append that. Like, should we append that to? Because because once this is all said and done, we'll have full coverage, and we can go and and and. By the way, when I'm talking out loud, I'm I'm kind of expecting you guys to get on the forums or emails what you think. Yeah, but it's totally possible for us to redo the iTunes feed and all that so everything's in chronological order and mm-hmm. we could re-upload the file and do a super duper spoiler section which is our observations after ha- having seen the whole series yeah. rather than just having a 15-20 minute spoiler section that just comes out and they're divorced from from anything. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll think about it. We'll take your guys' feedback into account too cuz uh, we want to know what you guys want, but there is so much stuff that comes like you know I can tell that's 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 brought out in season four and and all oh, that yeah. that I I would like like to go back for sure, especially to, to disavow the dead man's brew. <laughs> no, that will never die, <laughs> never. That's the primary goal. I feel like you take dead man's brew out of season four and you don't even have a podcast anymore. <laughs> Half of it was dedicated to dead. And the other half, and the other half was, uh, or twenty five percent was Tuvok, and twenty five percent was meeting a man. <laughs> yep, maybe three percent eyebrows. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week. That's all I got. Yep. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye.